In this episode, I continue your audio polyvagal masterclass with a lesson on the freeze mixed state. My name is Justin Sinceri. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I do have resources on justinlmft.com that are for free that uh, deal with the polyvagal theory. And one of those resources is called Polyvagal One Pagers. These are things that I created for you, for your clients, for your classes. Feel free to download and print as you need to. Allow me a minute here for a few disclaimers. Please put yourself first. I do keep every episode as safe as I can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. So take a break if you need to. In this one, I'm not going to be going, actually, just like in every episode, I'm not going into any you know explicit uh, details of any traumatic events, but we're talking about the free state, so this one might be challenging for you. But it might be also illuminating, and I hope that's what you get out of it. This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. We hear about freeze a lot, right? So what, what does that really mean? What I'm going to present to you in this episode is the polyvagal-informed definition of freeze. And I believe it also aligns with Peter Levine's somatic experiencing. So I think you'll get a really good conceptualization of freeze, but this is a word that we see a lot, a lot, a lot in the trauma sphere. And we get it mixed up with with shutdown, which we covered last episode. I'm going to go into that later on, how they're different. So this is really a polyvagal informed uh, approach or understanding of the word freeze that may not align with just the general usage of the word freeze. Before we talk about freeze, we actually have to understand what a mixed state is first. Think about primary colors. We have red, yellow, and blue, right? And these primary colors we can use as metaphors for the three primary states that we've already covered. The first one is safe and social, flight, fight, and shutdown. We covered those in the last three episodes of the podcast. And those would be red, blue, and yellow. I'm not trying to assign a certain color to a certain state. I don't particularly like that idea, but it's just a metaphor. So we have primary colors and we have primary states. What I'm saying here in this metaphor or this analogy is that in the primary states, you don't mix anything to get the primary state. Similarly, with primary colors, you don't mix anything to make a primary color. There are no two colors you can mix together to make red or blue or yellow. Analogous to that is the primary polyvagal states, shutdown, flight fight, safe social. You don't mix anything to get these. They just exist on their own. Mixed states then are like mixed colors. Primary colors mix to make mixed colors. Primary states mix to make mixed states. So when you mix red and yellow, which are both primary colors, you mix those together, you get orange. That's a mixed color, secondary color. When you take blue and yellow, both primary colors, you mix them together, you get green, right? Just like that, when you take the safe and social primary state and mix it with the flight fight state, you get get a mixed state. I'm going to tell you what it is later on. But in this episode, we're talking specifically about freeze, which is one of the mixed states. And freeze is a combination of shutdown plus flight fight. So when you have shutdown activated along with 
the flight fight. When you have these two biological pathways, these two biological systems activated at the same time, it results in a mixed state called freeze. These biological pathways would be the dorsal vagal parasympathetic branch and the sympathetic branch. So we have immobilization happening while the individual is ready to run or fight. That individual, their motor is on, their heartbeat is up, their muscles are tense, their body is primed to run or fight. But their shutdown state also comes online. Now this could be through a couple of different avenues. So they're all revved up, the motor's on, but they're immobilized, which can either come from force or through their own perception of what's happening. Through force would be something like during a sexual assault or even through anesthesia when you're put under before surgery while highly charged up. This could also come through a perceived or even neurocepted danger, uh, like during a panic, panic attack when you're triggered by something. I've shared on the podcast before that I am absolutely terrified of heights. Uh, I, I go into a a panic attack during while I'm up high. This happens really acutely and noticeably when I'm driving and I can't see over the ledge. That really sends me into my panic attack. I am perceiving that there's a danger there. Or maybe I'm neurocepting and, and the trigger of the height is there's a neuroception there. But I'll just say I'm perceiving that I'm unsafe. So I'm shutting down while my body is revved up to run away or fight. I can't exactly run away or fight while I'm driving. So it also starts to shut down at the same time. Yes, it's very unsafe. So I'm revved up and shutting down at the same time. My body goes into a freeze. This is different than shutdown though. Shutdown we talked about last episode, which is also immobilization, but it's a limp. It's a collapse. It's a death vein. It's a limp immobilization. And what we're talking about with a freeze state is a tense immobilization. The, bo- the muscles are tense. They're rigid. That's a lot different than that collapse. The shutdown state can be brought on from an overwhelming attack where running away and we're fighting don't or are not going to work. Like if a gazelle who's injured is being chased down by a lion, can't run away, can't really fight back, so it might go into a collapse, a shutdown. It'll death vein. Freeze could be brought on by an overwhelming attack as well. So they have common uh, origins or they could have a common impetus. But the common mix-up here is is how they look. Porges, Dr. Stephen Porges, the originator of the political theory, he often talks about this limp immobilization. Peter Levine, he often talks about that sympathetic, that tense immobilization. Here's Dr. Stephen Porges uh, briefly describing uh, the difference between freeze and shutdown. That is probably what freeze is versus shutdown. So there, there's this whole ambiguity because people use the word freeze when they really mean shutting down. Okay. So the mouse in the jaws of a cat is not frozen. It's just, it just limp. And that is clearly the limp loss of muscle tone is a dorsal vagal response. The rigidity is much more, let's say, okay. mixed or complex. 
I'll leave a link in the description. I have a blog on the difference between freeze and shutdown. And in that blog, I have a couple of video examples. And one of them is of goats. You've probably heard of goats freezing, or maybe you have. But there's a video that I got from YouTube of goats who are being chased by these really mean human beings. <laughs> Just mean human beings. So they're chasing them and the goats can't run away. They can't fight. They're really revved up. So they, but they also immobilize at the same time and their legs are really stiff and they kind of roll over. That's kind of a freeze. There's also a video in that blog of people fainting while on a roller coaster. Not a, not a roller coaster. It's some awful thing that a sociopath must have designed where people are launched into the air. I never would ever even look at this thing in person. Again, I'll have a link to that in the description so you can read it and, and watch those for yourself. Shutdown can come from many sources, um, but not getting your needs met during childhood is, is definitely one of those things. Shutdown can come from those acute sources. It can come from that, that overwhelming attack where someone does immobilize like with the gazelle, but it can also come from prolonged not getting your needs met during childhood, for example. That, that could be a common one. This is called a chronic disruption of connectedness. Now, I personally, I associate this with complex PTSD. I talked about this really in depth in episode 52, but it's not an exclusive thing, but I tend to associate CPTSD with, uh, with shutdown, with, with a pretty severe shutdown state. I, I would argue that freeze could be, and probably is definitely a, a part of CPTSD, but I don't think it has to be. I think shutdown is, is a necessary piece of CPTSD personally. Part of CPTSD is that there's an, a prolonged period of captivity where there's re repeated trauma or traumatic incidents to the individual. Now, I don't typically think that children are captives in their home, but if they're in an abusive home, I think that word does fit. They can't run away, they can't fight, so they are captive and they're, they're dependent upon adults for their survival. In these situations, there's a lack of development of reliable co-regulation. Like that's not developed. There's no reliable co-regulation, which means there's also no self-regulation that is built on top of that reliable co-regulation. So there's no ability to climb out of one's own ladder that to self-regulate out of shutdown up into sympathetic and then up into the ventral vagal state of safety. These individuals with CPTSD, which is, I think, a strong flavor of shutdown, there's a pattern of unstable relationships or dysfunctional relationships later on in life. There could be, because there's a difficulty in recognizing safety. Lots of shame, lots of guilt, lots of feelings of unworthiness, which is very much a shutdown thing. Freeze, though, also can come from numerous different sources. And like I said before, even medical ones, like being put down for surgery. The acute incidents, though, are highly, I think, likely with the freeze-mixed state. I personally associate this with PTSD, which I go way in-depth into in episode 47. Though, again, not an exclusive thing, but I tend to associate freeze with PTSD. With PTSD, there's an exposure to uh, the life-threatening event or the very dangerous, dangerous event that, that someone survives. So direct exposure to it. PTSD has flashbacks and nightmares, reliving 
the situation and often triggered by cues that are reminiscent of the event because the body is stuck in that moment in time, that energy of the autonomic nervous system, whatever it had to shift to in that moment that it survived, is still stuck within or frozen. That energy is frozen in the body. Surviving that thing where someone has their flight fight system on, but also is immobilized or has immobilization active at the same time, that can keep that sympathetic flight fight energy stuck in their system because it was never able to be utilized and discharged. That's the freeze mix state. And that's very much PTSD in my opinion. So that's how freeze and shutdown are different, how they could come about. Freeze in particular, the daily experience of it is going to also look different than shutdown. The daily experience of freeze is going to be experienced as panic, rage, or overwhelm. Like day to day, those feelings might be common with freeze. I also said earlier that the body is really kind of stuck in that moment in time, at least when triggered by things that are reminiscent of that moment in time. Flashbacks, nightmares, reliving it. Those are also common day-to-day experiences, at least around whatever is might be reminiscent of what the person survived. But panic and rage and overwhelm are common as well. That stuck freeze energy kind of lingers. It's just frozen in the system. Out, outside of the context of what may be a trigger or reminiscent of that event, that freeze energy might not be debilitating. But once that individual gets that energy triggered by something that's similar to the situation, then it becomes uh, much different. It's it, Now it is debilitating. It is getting in the way of the moment. It is getting in the way of relationships or productivity or school or whatever it is. But outside of that context, that person might be able to function more or less um, just fine, potentially. But once those few triggers hit, a certain smell, a certain environment, a certain person, whatever it is, then that stuck frozen energy, well, it, it kind of erupts. It's still in you or in that person. And when it is triggered, it looks like panic or rage or overwhelm. It is absolutely possible to come out of this freeze mixed state. That's very good news, right? Animals do really well with this. They can literally just shake it off. This is a really kind of a cornerstone of the work of Peter Levine. I highly recommend his books, his interviews. Uh, he's got some YouTube stuff out there. Like Peter Levine and the free state, are they go hand in hand. And one of the things he teaches is that animals in the wild, they don't really stay in a, in a stuck defensive state. They don't really get traumatized exactly. And when they have high levels of sympathetic energy, they either use it or they can shake it off. And that, and that might sound weird, but it literally, that's what animals do. They, they tremble, they shake, they spontaneously breathe. And that energy, that, that frozen energy comes out of them. Can human beings shake off this freeze energy? Yeah, technically. Can we do so, you know, when we need to, day to day? Probably not. We're, I don't think we've, we've, we've kind of lost that in, in a sense. We're not very good at it anymore. But yeah, generally we can. And actually, if you think about it, when you cry... That's pretty much what we're doing. We're shaking, we're trembling, we're spontaneously breathing. We are re-regulating our entire body. 
We're letting that energy, some of that freeze energy come out when we cry. You know, when you have a really good cry, don't you kind of feel better at the end of it? Potentially, maybe not everybody, but when you really like cry, cry. Afterwards, there's a feeling of letting something go, of of being lighter. Your breathing changes. You're more likely to be able to socialize with somebody once you really, quote unquote, let it out. So yeah, we can shake stuff off. We, We call it crying. Or think about a time where you got really creeped out, maybe during like a scary movie, or if you ever had like a spider on your skin, or um, like on a towel when you put it on after you get out of the shower or something. In these situations where things are just kind of creepy or a lot creepy, you, you have that sympathetic energy in your system, but you might immobilize just for a moment at least. And when you feel that creeped out kind of feeling, what do you do with it? You shake it off, right? You go, ooh, and you kind of shiver, right? So you kind of do that, ooh, and you could feel that charge go up your spine or out of your muscles. So yeah, we can shake stuff off too. And, and, and when you think about it in little pieces like that, yeah, we do that. Longer term though, for someone who's in a really stuck, really frozen state, it's, it's typically not that simple. And it's a longer-term process, and typically it's going to be a little bit at a time of tapping into that frozen energy, that freeze energy. Tapping into it a little bit at a time over a longer period of time, not just shaking it off all at once. I don't think that's the way it works for us, really. So we're looking for more of a thaw of that frozen energy. If we try to tap into this, if we try to just shake it off and feel it, it's easy, easy, easy to become overwhelmed. And that is not helpful if you're not ready for it. It's very easy to become overwhelmed. Simply revisiting the traumatic events or simply, you know, tapping into that painful energy is not necessarily helpful. And it actually may be potentially reinforcing of the stuck freeze energy. So it might just make it worse. It might just reinforce it. So if you've got a therapist who's telling you that you have to share the trauma story, and you know your system can't handle it, that might be why. It, it just might not be helpful right now, and maybe your system telling you it is not the time. We are not ready for this right now. A big discharge is possible, and if you've seen the Peter Levine stuff, you might be saying, why can't I do that, and I just want to get it over with. I would say a big discharge is possible. I don't think it's a one-time thing, typically, and it's not very likely, in my opinion. When you tap into this, if you're not ready for it, and you attempt to discharge this stuck frozen energy, what might happen is that it erupts into a panic or an overwhelm or even a rage. I was working with a client a number of years back, 17-year-old girl, and she never really showed much feeling in our sessions. She never allowed herself to cry in our sessions. And there was times where she obviously needed to but she never, ever let me see her cry. And I brought that up and and tried to process that with her. And she said, you don't want to see that happen. And I said, I'll, you know, it's okay with me. If you cry, I I can, I'll be fine. Uh, I want to be a support for you. I want you to feel safe in that. Of course, I won't judge you. So I tried to let her know, Hey, like it's, it's totally okay. And she said, no, you don't understand when I cry, I get violent. She said, when I cry at home, I lock my bedroom door or I lock the bathroom door 
because when I cry, I start breaking things and I get, I get violent. And she's like, I don't, that's not something you want me to do here. What she was expressing was that when she feels that stuck frozen energy, it is too much. And it turns into her, it turned into a rage. And she was destructive. She wasn't ready for it. Her body, her system could not handle that. A discharge is possible, but it may not be likely if you're not ready for it. I worked with another uh, client. I think she was about the same age, 17, 18. Very similar, really stuck, frozen energy. Heavy, heavy, heavy shutdown stuff, though, CPTSD stuff. And she was also similarly pretty darn cut off from her emotions, from the bodily sensations, way cut off from that stuff. For her, though, when she cried, it wasn't a rage. It was more of a panic. Something would trigger that frozen energy. She wasn't ready for it. She couldn't handle it. Despite all the really good work she was doing in therapy, it was a long, long, like I said, it's a long process. So for her, she was not ready for it. And stuff would get triggered in class and she would have to go to the bathroom, lock herself in a stall, and basically have a panic attack and cry at the same time. It wasn't a helpful cry. It wasn't a discharging experience. It wasn't a mindful, attuned to your body experience. It was an overwhelming, sympathetic, all, all that frozen energy just, just started erupting. But not as a rage, it's more of a panic. So discharge is possible. It may not be likely though. In order to experience this frozen, sympathetic energy in a more productive, healthy, and actually in a discharge way, we have to have those ventral vagal, safe and social pathways, exercise, and as strong as possible. This is called the vagal break. The vagal break is the safety pathways. It is the influence of those pathways on your heart, keeping it at a calmer pace. If that's happening, then when we tap into that defensive energy or as it starts to surge, it will be more tolerable. This is absolutely fundamental to allowing some of this in pieces, this frozen energy to discharge. I have a course called Building Safety Anchors that can help with this process. It's not, the, the course is not about discharging stuck energy. It's not exactly about trauma healing. I wouldn't say that. It's about building your safety anchors. It's about building up the capacity to feel safe, to remain grounded in the present moment, to not lose you know, access to your body, to stay in your body, or to, to exercise the capacity to do so. So I wouldn't say that building safety anchors is here to, you know, it's here to like tap into your pain and do a big discharge and release your frozen trauma energy. Like it's, it's not about that. It's to help you build the capacity to stay safe, to feel safe, to, to practice being in safety and to practice being in the, more in the present moment. It's called Building Safety Anchors. It's I'll have a link in the description for you if you want to find out more. Feel free to message me as well. If these safety pathways are active enough, if they're strong enough, the discharge or the energy as it surges will be a much different experience. It won't be panic. It won't be overwhelm. It won't be rage. You'll feel it as somatic sensations. You'll feel it as those primary 
autonomic states. Not the emotion of it, the sensation of it. It's a much different experience. You'll have spontaneous breathing. You'll have surges of energy, waves. You'll have tingles. It's a much different experience than that coming up, feeling like panic or overwhelm or rage. You'll experience them, again, as as the sensations that they are. Not as fear-based emotional reactions to what's happening within you. When it comes to the freeze mixed state, generally we're looking for a thaw, a thawing of the freeze mixed state in bits and pieces. I've seen in, in, in session where we do bits and pieces, we build up the vagal break or the safe and social state. And then sometimes there is a big moment where there is a big surge and it's not a thaw, but there is a big surge. Some energy comes to the person, discharges Afterwards, they they reorient to the environment. They're making eye contact. They're saying, wow, I feel lighter. I feel different. It doesn't solve all the problems. But it's kind of like the way, what I've seen is that it's possible to do those bits and pieces of this. But every now and then, there's a chunk that comes out. I hope that makes sense. That like we're, we're chipping away at the ice or thawing it bit by bit. But every now and then, there's a, we, we hack away at it and we get a big old chunk that comes out of there. Generally, though, we're looking for a thawing of the freeze mixed state. Slow process. And again, building safety anchors can be a part of the preparation for that kind of work if you're heading that direction. Or if you just want to feel more in the present moment, you just want to build your capacity to feel safe, building safety anchors can be of help to you. You can find it on justinlmft.com or in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to this one. I hope that you benefited from it. I hope you found something in this that helps you to climb your own polyvagal ladder. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.